The reading this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verses 16 to 24, and then the first five verses of chapter 9. Titus sent us to Corinth. Corinth. I thank God, who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus is not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. And we are sending along with him the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What is more, he was chosen by the churches to accompany accompany us as we carry the offering which we administer in honour to in honour to the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. We want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of others. In addition, we are sending with them our brother, who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous, and now even more so, because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker among you. As for our brothers, they are representatives of the churches and an honour to Christ. Therefore, show these men the proof of your love and the reason for our pride in you, so that the churches can see it. There is no need for me to write to you about this this service to the saints, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that, since last year, you in Achaia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready, as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you have promised then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as as one grudgingly given. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Wendy. Let's pray. Let's just take a few moments of stillness as we uh, ask that the Holy Spirit might speak into our hearts. Almighty God, with us now by your Holy Spirit, illuminate your word to us today. Amen. Um, I recently had a a minor operation which um, kept me housebound for about 10 days. I wasn't able to focus on uh, very much. I'm just resurfacing now. 
and uh, I was kept afloat by uh, the Masters snooker. Anyone watching the final today? Um, the uh, Australian Open tennis and um, test match special on the radio as well as a little bit of reading and various other things. Uh, but I was also um, very appreciative of the Christchurch website because um, I missed being in church on the last two Sunday mornings. And so I was able to catch up with the sermons from uh, Peter from two weeks ago and from Nigel last week. And it was great to be able to listen to those and still feel very much a part of things. And I just want to start this morning by just commending to you our website and if you are not around on a particular Sunday, I'd really encourage you to catch up with the teaching from the 10.30 service through that website, download it as a podcast, and uh, keep up with uh, the teaching that's going on here. One of the many ways in which we can be encouraged and sustained in our faith journey. Listening to those two sermons also helped me in preparing this the third of our mini-series on giving, focusing on Paul's appeal to the Corinthian church. And as Joe's already referenced, I've been given this rather um, oblique title of the midwife of giving. Now, I realise that I may not be the best qualified to speak under that heading. And it's true that when Call the Midwife comes on to TV, that is the signal for me to flee the room with a sudden urge to purge my nasal hair or de-flee the dog. A midwife crisis. Oh. That's, that's very timely because I was looking for a few midwife jokes on the internet, but they were a little bit limited. It seemed to resort to how many midwives does it take to change a light bulb and that sort of thing. Um, I can't remember what the answer is. I know it's two, but I can't remember what the uh, story is. But I, I thought, so I didn't um, you know, stitch myself up by having uh, some obscure joke on the internet uh, that you can all listen to. Um, we'd have something visual instead. So um, this one might amuse some of you. Might take a while for some of you to get. You see that one? <laughs> Thought that was brilliant. If you don't get it, ask me later. Um, for the mother to be, for the mother to be, there's no end of encouragement, reassurance, explanation, cajoling, and support from a midwife towards the end goal of a safe birth and that transition to motherhood. But the image of a midwife isn't confined to human birth because it can also be applied to other spheres as well. And in this part of 2 Corinthians, Paul speaks of a group of what we might might call midwives. People appointed to help bring to birth the gift from the Corinthian believers to the church in Jerusalem. A small team of people sent to Corinth and tasked with ensuring that things go smoothly and that the gift, the end result, is honouring to God and pleasing to all. And so we're introduced to this little team of midwives. There's Titus, first of all, a Grecian convert, Paul's co-worker. He even gets his own little letter in the New Testament. Someone who's respected and full of concern for God's people. Alongside him, we read in verse 18 of the brother who is praised by all the churches for his service to the gospel. What a great line of commendation that is. But who is he? Well, we don't know for certain. People have tried to 
hypothesised who it might be. There's a fair group of people who think it could be Dr. Luke. But we don't actually know. Verse 22 then, we hear of our brother who has often proved to us in many ways that he is zealous. More words of commendation. Who these men are, on one level, doesn't really matter. What does matter is their reputation, their faith and their trustworthy nature. They're qualified to be midwives of giving. Just as you wouldn't want to be assigned a midwife with no training, no experience, no compassion and a poor bedside manner, the Corinthian church would not respond well to a bunch of random people descending on them to collect their gifts. And Paul is adamant that the administration of the giving of God's people to God's work is not to be taken lightly. Sadly, we hear stories, don't we, of charities where the administration has been slack, where funds have been misappropriated, where work has been undermined. I guess one of the biggest examples in recent years was that of Kids Company, a charity set up with a tremendous vision to support inner-city kids who are struggling, but one that was ultimately closed down in a mire of scandal and maladministration. And then even within government, the Department for International Development has come in for criticism and been under the microscope for how its funds have been used in recent years. Well, Paul here is keen to ensure that the financial affairs of a Christian community are transparent, they're honest, and they're accountable. Four weeks today, we've got a guest speaker, a guy called Eddie Lyle, who works for Open Doors, tremendous communicator. I really recommend that you make those services a priority on, I think it's the 19th of February, and there's going to be a a shared lunch afterwards in the Youth Hub and the Parish Hall, and we'll hear more about the persecuted church. Eddie Lyle used to head up Youth for Christ's uh, Teams project, of which Shelley and I were a part And he'd always emphasise in his lilting Irish accent the need for all of the team members to be above reproach. And that's Paul's heart here. The way the gifts of the Corinthian church are administered and overseen really does matter. And his posse of midwives will ensure that that's the case. You could say, well, why don't we just opt for a natural birth? We have no support there. There's no need for external help. But human weakness means that we often need that little bit of encouragement. That's our heart at Christchurch too, of course. And we have a team of midwives. An unlikely bunch. Ray, Nigel, Martin, Jamie, Dave, Sally, Chris and others overseeing the finances on behalf of the PCC. And they do a fantastic job in what is often a thankless task. They're thorough, they're conscientious, they're prayerful. I'm sure the Apostle Paul would approve. Sometimes, like Paul, they, alongside Joe and I, have to encourage, cajole and exhort to generous giving. But that comes from a heart for good practice and a heart for God. It's about so much more than just trying to balance the books. It's about communicating needs and encouraging us to respond. Not about inducing guilt or a sense of obligation. 
It's not sending in the bully boys, but those tasked with ensuring that God's work is resourced wisely and that we're attentive to his call. And we're very grateful for all that that Giving for Life team does. Back to our passage. Paul, Paul makes me laugh. I guess, I guess we've, we've always done this. Uh, beginning of chapter 9, he says, I, I really don't need to write to you about giving, but I'm going to anyway. And he lays it on thick, as if he hasn't said enough already. All of what we know as chapter 8 is full of an encouragement, an exhortation to give. And he carries on for a whole nother chapter He's nothing if not passionate. Why? Well, he keeps on because he sees what can be achieved through the generous giving of God's people. He's compassionate about the needy. He's attentive to God's voice. He knows that our giving blesses both the giver and the receiver. Now, at this point, I want to drop a massive bombshell. This will shock many of you. I hope you're ready and have got the stomach for this. Here it is. The midwives can't have the baby for you. (laughs) Have you got that? Maybe a shock to some. The midwives can't have the baby for you. There's a few women here, I'm sure, wishing that that might have been possible. But the fact is that it's down to the baby carrier to produce the baby. Paul, Titus and their colleagues could encourage and cajole and explain the principles of giving till the cows came home. But they couldn't produce the end result. The same is true for us as we hear sermons, as we receive updates, as we catch vision from the Giving for Life team. It's down to us to deliver the goods from a place of generosity and service. What Paul would describe a few verses later in chapter 9 as hilarious giving, wholehearted, generous, free giving. Whether it be for the reordering of the church, general giving to the church's life and mission, the support of our mission charities, it's down to us to deliver the goods One final comment, just to broaden things out a bit. On reflection, I think actually we're all midwives. We're midwives of giving. We're midwives of pastoral care and equipping. We're midwives of spiritual growth in others. We're midwives of blessing through our prayer lives, as we've seen this week. We can bring to birth good things as we seek to serve others around us in this community, as we seek to build God's kingdom. One of the things that struck me from Nigel's sermon last week was when he commented that stewardship was not about our wallets, but about our hearts. And I trust and pray that for each of us that we'll recognise all that God has done for us and that he'll give us big hearts to love others that we might see his blessings poured out in our needy world that we might be midwives of giving, of caring, of growing 
that God's name might be praised. Let's just be still for a few moments as we think about the opportunities we have, the opportunities we have to give, yes, but also the opportunities we have to be midwives in the sense of bringing to birth good things in God's economy. How might God be calling us as individuals to be midwives this week? Lord, we're crying out for your spirit to move, to waken our hearts with a passion renewed, for your love is amazing. Your love is amazing. Help us, Lord, to respond to your call. Let's prompt us by your spirit, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.